Chapter Thirteen of Stories of North Pole Adventure by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Voyage of the Jeannette. George W. DeLong of the United States Navy, after some experience in the Arctic regions, expressed a strong desire to solve the problem which had baffled so many he therefore made a request to mr james gordon bennett of the new york herald to fit out an expedition to the north pole mr bennett at once fell in with the proposal and eager inquiries were made for a vessel suitable for the purpose great difficulty was experienced as the owners of good sealers or whalers were not willing to sell their vessels at any price at length the pandora the property of sir alan young and used by him as a pleasure yacht in the arctic regions was secured and its name changed to the jeannette writing to mr bennett de long said there are three ways for us to send the expedition smith sound bering strait and east coast of greenland of the three i am in favour of bering strait in this letter the explorer gave an estimate of the expense of a three years cruise and asked for sealskin clothing a number of dogs and a quantity of coal to be provided at alaska and to be picked up on the route in the meantime bennett had consulted dr peterman the german geographer who had been studying the north pole problem for thirty years he declared that the pole could never be reached by smith sound or baffin bay and that it was only through pride that the english held to this route peterman agreed with bennett that the pole could only be reached by a dash and should be done in one summer he even professed himself willing to try the experiment for a three months cruise wintering in the arctic regions was in his opinion a decided mistake it is only fair to say that bennett did not quite agree with the doctor in the possibility of visiting the pole in a three months trip the jeannette was thoroughly refitted at southampton and from thence proceeded to san francisco here numerous alterations were made until at length de long expressed himself perfectly satisfied declaring that the vessel's outfit was simply perfect for ice navigation astronomical work magnetic work gravity experiments or collections of natural history he says we have a good crew good food and a good ship and i think we have the right kind of stuff to dare all that man can do the founder of the expedition was not able to witness the departure of the jeannette when she set out on her voyage he however sent a telegram to the captain expressing confidence in his energy and pluck and an assurance that if the vessel was ice-bound he should spare neither money nor influence 
to send assistance he also wished the men to be informed that if they lost their lives in the undertaking their widows would be under his protection in july eighteen seventy nine the jeannette left san francisco accompanied by the schooner fanny carrying an extra supply of coals and provisions reaching st michael's about the middle of august de long found the fur clothing and the dogs and sleds waiting his arrival here he took on board the cargo and provisions which had been brought by the schooner also two natives to act as interpreter and dog driver having passed through bering strait the vessel made for herald island and drifted into an ice floe to which it was anchored for fear of being closed in the ship was kept turning round in circles during the night but little progress was made for the ice was between twelve and fifteen feet in thickness wherever a crack or a narrow opening showed itself the vessel was judiciously rammed and then by backing and ramming forced her way slowly through on the sixth of september the ship was unable to proceed any farther and preparations were made to reach herald island by means of a sledge this was successfully accomplished but the island was reported to be of no use as a station for winter quarters a few days afterwards two large bears were caught in traps and both of them were killed when weighed they were found to be four hundred and six hundred pounds respectively the vessel continued to drift in the ice floe for several days and during this time two walruses each more than one thousand pounds in weight were shot this was a valuable addition to the dog's food though fast in the ice their position gave the captain considerable cause for anxiety the trembling and creaking of the ship and the grinding and crushing of the masses of ice were an evidence of the tremendous pressure which was being exerted de long describes the view of the ice floe as magnificent though awful and their position like that of living over a powder mill waiting for an explosion this experience of wintering in the pack was by no means agreeable though the monotony which is inseparable from an arctic winter was relieved by numerous hunting expeditions in which bears and other animals were killed and afforded a supply of fresh meat on some days neither the men nor the dogs dared to venture on the ice which was very treacherous and unsafe they therefore suffered very much from want of exercise near the end of november the jeannette had a severe nip the pressure became so great that the deck seemed ready to burst open if she had not been very strong there can be little doubt that she would have been cut in two de long says that november was 
a month of gales ice pressures and discomforts mental and physical he hoped that december would drift them quietly and peaceably nearer the pole christmas day eighteen seventy nine was the dreariest the captain had ever spent in his life yet up to this time the expedition had met with no serious mishap it had however been very unfortunate and the ice had closed round the vessel at an unusually early date thus preventing them from making any progress it was not until the officers and crew sat down to a grand banquet prepared to celebrate the occasion that they were for a time lifted out of their surroundings and able to forget the depressing influences which now seemed to be always present nothing further of any importance occurred till the nineteenth of january eighteen eighty when a most alarming discovery was made the ship was leaking an examination showed that two streams of water an inch in diameter were making their way into the fore part of the vessel the pumps were at once manned and with a view to finding out the extent of the damage a number of men were sent to remove the ice round the bows but after they had dug away some of the pieces the ice formed again so quickly that the attempt had to be given up no sign of injury could be seen outside and a careful scrutiny inside showed nothing but the flowing of the water de long could therefore do nothing but keep the steam pump at work till an opportunity occurred of examining the vessel more thoroughly fortunately the general health of the explorers suffered in no way from their long confinement and with the return of spring preparations were made to resume the voyage as soon as the ice broke up in this however they were doomed to disappointment and it was not until the first of september eighteen eighty that the jeannette was again on an even keel this was but the beginning of fresh troubles the leak which had stopped on the third of july after months of hard pumping again broke out as mysteriously as before and the pumps were once more brought into use the explorers had now spent a year in the ice and they were only one hundred and fifty miles to the northward and westward of where they entered it the ice was again closing rapidly round them and heartsick with disappointment and delay they prepared for the second winter in the pack we cannot says de long in his journal prevent any disaster that may befall us and we have made all possible provision for its coming human strength is of no avail and human wisdom of no value in our position we have done all that man can do and we must leave the rest with god the records of these long dreary months are as uninteresting to read 
as they must have been tedious to endure eating sleeping and taking observations with an oft recurring bear hunt followed each other with monotonous regularity the conditions of the surroundings remained unchanged and the prospects of deliverance from their icy prison came to be regarded by the explorers as more and more remote during sixteen months they had drifted in the ice-pack a distance of one thousand three hundred miles far enough if in a straight line to reach the pole and beyond it but they were actually only two hundred and twenty miles from where they had been beset and for a year they had pumped a leaking ship it speaks volumes for the stout-hearted spirit of the men that they did not give way to despair and become victims to disease and the rigours of the climate on the sixteenth of may eighteen eighty one land was seen in the distance it proved to be a small island and was named after the Jeannette. a few days later another island was seen which the explorers named henrietta island this was the first land their eyes had rested on since leaving harold island the ship was now drifting in the pack rapidly northward and as she advanced the condition of the surroundings became daily more threatening the cracking and grinding of the ice had become a familiar sound to the explorers by this time so they usually paid little attention to these disturbances on the twelfth of june however considerable alarm was felt owing to the Jeannette being caught between two immense masses of ice to provide against any emergency that might arise some of the boats were lowered and hauled to a safe distance orders were also given to convey the sleds and a quantity of provisions to the same spot the pressure continued with tremendous force and it soon became evident that the Jeannette was doomed the deck began to give way and the starboard side seemed to be on the point of being crushed inwards clothing bedding books and papers were now removed without delay and in a short time the ship began to fill at four o'clock on the morning of the thirteenth she went down in seventy seven degrees fourteen minutes fifty seven seconds north latitude and one hundred and fifty four degrees fifty eight minutes forty five seconds east longitude that night the explorers camped on the ice and early next morning began their preparations for a march to the southward several days were spent at this work and on the eighteenth the party consisting of eight officers and twenty-five men started over the ice hoping to reach the new siberian islands and from thence to make their way to the coast of siberia they had with them three boats mounted on runners and two sledges carrying a supply of provisions for sixty days 
the march over the frozen ocean was a terrible undertaking during the next three months the men had to struggle with almost insurmountable obstacles compelled to drag their heavy boats and loads of provisions over broken and shifting fields of ice and at times ferrying them over water spaces their progress was necessarily slow amounting on one occasion to no more than half a mile in six hours on the eleventh of july after twenty-three days of toil and anxiety bennett island was discovered here they landed and spent eight days in making the necessary repairs to the boats just as they were about to set out again a westerly gale accompanied by fog sleet and snow compelled them to delay their departure till the sixteenth of august a further delay of ten days was afterwards forced upon the party by the condition of the ice which rendered progress impossible a few days later open water was reached and they launched their boats with the feeling that their sufferings were nearly at an end on the twelfth of september the three boats were separated during a gale off the siberian coast and about ninety miles northeast of the delta of the river lena one of them was never heard of again de long's boat with a crew of thirteen men succeeded in reaching land but they had to abandon their boat about two miles from the beach and wade ashore through the ice and mud carrying the remainder of the provisions on their backs they landed frostbitten and exhausted and began a painful journey in search of some inhabited village manfully they struggled on though each day the number of their party was reduced by death at length in despair the captain sent two sailors forward to try and bring relief these men were eventually found and rescued by some natives who treated them with the greatest kindness after their departure de long and the few survivors with him were reduced to terrible straits and after eating their remaining dog they perished from hunger and cold about the end of october meanwhile the second boat with eleven of a crew under chief engineer melville had succeeded in reaching an inhabited village where the famished and frostbitten men were kindly received and supplied with food some time after his arrival in the village melville met the two seamen whom de long had sent forward and he at once started to try and rescue his missing commander in this he was unsuccessful and after nearly losing his own life from cold and hunger he was obliged to give up the search in the following spring he again set out and on the twenty third of march discovered the bodies of de long and his ill-fated companions almost covered with the snow together with the records of the expedition 
on a rising ground some distance from the river melville buried the bodies and set up a wooden cross to mark the spot on his return journey he met some of the members of a relief expedition which had been sent out in june eighteen eighty one by the united states government to search for the Jeannette. their vessel had been burned while in winter quarters and they unwilling to give up the search had travelled across siberia having now ascertained the fate of de long they returned home previous to this the steamer alliance sent out in the spring of eighteen eighty one at the request of mr bennett had failed to find any traces of the lost explorers though she sailed as far north as the eighty-second parallel so ended the Jeannette expedition though the lofty aims of its projectors were not realized it was not through any fault of the officers and men the record of the hardships they endured and the difficulties they overcame is one of the grandest stories of arctic heroism sacrifice is nobler than ease unselfish life is consummated in lonely death and the world is richer by this gift of suffering End of chapter 13